Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome to another episode of the Heal Everything podcast. You are listening to none other than Reverend and High Priestess Tamar Aziz Serwa. And listen, I told you that season eight would be incredible. Our focus is that love is easy. And I say to you in each of these episodes where I'm bringing in some powerful brothers that the only thing that's really, truly hard is fear. But love is one of the easiest things to be and one of the most powerful things to do. And so let's dive right into our topic for this episode. I am bringing in an incredible, powerful man who has been a powerful influence and impact in my life. And I'm going to formally introduce him in just a moment. Our topic tonight is about how religion and cultural ideologies impact the free flow of love. How many people do you know who have robbed themselves of years of affection, intimacy, connection, all in the name of somebody's Jesus? somebody's Buddha, somebody, right? So we want to have that dialogue and it's going to be yummy and it's going to be juicy and it's going to help you reevaluate what you believe and why and how that intersects with your heart and the power of love flowing in your life or is it not flowing because of some of the things that you believe? And so let me get into introducing my guests. I have with me my goofy and fun and incredible friend. We laugh a lot. We have some of the most profound conversations. So I'm really excited to bring his energy in. TJ Enradialo. Did I pronounce that correctly? Help me if I did not. Okay. (laughs) Please please pronounce your name for my listeners. TJ Enradialo. Okay. I was They have their process to pronouncing words, pronouncing their language, um, their words, their names and all that. Yes. I want to make sure I get it right because it's important for my listeners, aka also known as Mr. T and also known as Ofu Onu. He was born Ofo. in the... Huh? Ofonu. Okay. Thank you. He was born in the early 80s within the lands of Western Africa, Nigeria to two strong and well-educated parents, both possessing university degrees. After his first few months of growth as a beautiful baby boy, he later relocated with his mother, who was still studying in the university at that time, to be raised in Dallas, Texas. He later relocated back to Nigeria in the late 80s to grow, plus spend time with his now late father, 
who then was a Nigerian Air Force official and medical professional. Through so many life experiences and exposures gathered from the regions of Nigeria within the cities of Lagos, Benin, Delta, Anambra, Banu, Jos, uh, Port Harcourt, ah, Abuja, <laughs> Kanu. Uh, <laughs> you put all of these. But, but this is how look at it. And various other states in which he had lived in at some point in time through growing up. TJ eventually grew up to attain um, a university degree and also developed many social communication skills, artistic skills, talents, and versatile tactical skills for survival. He also attained a very wide knowledge of life in Nigeria, religion, culture, and traditions. And above all, he attained so much understanding of love and its various expressions. TJ's versatility ranges from small business development and management to music production, songwriting, singing, rapping, acting, interior decoration, cooking and catering services, Wix, website building and designs, hotel and hospitality management, as well as entertainment and events management. Indeed, he has come a long way with so much to offer to the world <laughs> and most especially his bulk of knowledge. Thank you, TJ, for number one, being open and willing to be a guest on the Hill Everything podcast. You said yes easily and quickly to the invitation and deep bow to you. It's an honor to have you here. So thank you. When I met you, I recognized right away that we had an interesting philosophy behind um, what we grew up in our orientations. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you to my audience because we both talk a lot about how what people believe, what traditions they grow up in, you know, how that can affect um, your ability to get to know people and have doors open for you and seize the right opportunities if you're not really in tune with who's in front of you because you let what you've been trained to believe in a fear. So I want to start this dialogue with a quote from the book, The Spirit of Intimacy, Ancient African Teachings and the Ways of Relationships by Sogunfu Some. Um, and it's on page 12. It's the start of chapter two. And this is what it says. Intimacy in general terms is a song of spirit inviting two people to come and share their spirit together. It is a song that no one can resist. We hear it while awake. We hear it while we're sleeping in community or alone. We cannot ignore it. There is a spiritual dimension to every relationship, no matter what its origins, whether it is acknowledged as spiritual or not, two people come together because spirit wants them together. I love that quote because I really do believe that everything begins in spirit. But what's your perspective when people are leaning into religion more than spirituality as their criteria for who they connect with? What's your perspective of that? 
Okay. Um, I'm going to take a, a few deep breaths before I speak. Before that, uh, I just want to put out um, this um, notice to whoever might be listening to this. Um, in case there seems to be a bit of a pause, you know, it might be a bit of a network thing or maybe, you know, some petty intrusions along the way. But that doesn't mean I'm off. And um, so that's that. So just in case, just know that I'm still around in the bedroom. Then, um, like I said, I'm going to take a few deep breaths. So if you uh, may permit me to do that, because everything I'd wish to say has to be the truth from within me, like from within me to be expressed on the outer. Um, so just give me a bit. Okay, in all truth and all honesty, all sincerity, just to answer every question you may ask that is expected to be passed on from one soul to the other and to be directed in all harm harmony and total harmony you know and peace and balance so again let me hear your question again so how do what what is your perspective of people who are using religion okay instead of spirituality to determine who they should or should not connect with Okay, my perspective in relationship to religion, um, being being like at the forefront of your day-to-day -day activities, relationships, interference with other individuals, other souls, in love, you know, relationship, whatever it may be. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have any perspective as we speak anymore relating to that because I abandoned that a long time ago. So for me to speak of it, it's still me giving a little bit of energy and regard to that field because I don't regard it anymore. Sorry to say, I don't want to hurt anyone's perception of such. Mm -hmm. But I wish to speak the truth. I don't uphold religion, you know, as um, very valid, very valid um, parts to creating, you know, um, relationships, love, peace and balance, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, for me to speak about it is me giving... Rec like recognition. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I don't know if no, I, do. I do. I think that what we continue to affirm, you know, is energy, and what you give your energy to yeah. gets bigger. That's where I'm trying to come from. 
So, but realistically relating to what you're, we're trying to do here, which is to enlighten other people, you know, to find the truth or to truth that actually might be dwelling within them, but they just haven't woken that up yet. So it's there on the internet. I will try my best to speak on that. So like I, um, like I said, I, I, I dropped that a long time ago. So for me, religion happens to um, set up barriers, walls. You know, it, it doesn't seem that way because maybe the person probably born into that, um, that atmosphere or that um, realm, you know, only sees from his own side of view. But for me, who had always been the type to sit on the fence and observe, you know, from so many corners, like, what's going on here? What's going, why is this like this? Why is this? You know, I never really took a total lean on one side to say, no, this is, this is it. This is everything. I always had to question. I always had to research. I always had to study. I, had to, I always had to be curious, you know. So for me, I think it sets up some kind of barriers which actually obstructs the flow of the divine spirit's will. This is how I see it. Mm. And like, this is my own truth. I discovered my truth. It's left for everyone to discover their own truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and for those who are Christians who might listen to this, they, they know very well that their scripture says, seek and you shall find you it's a responsibility for you so i've been able to seek and find truth that is that is relevant for me that is um that has convinced me to stand where i stand with confidence and to acknowledge what i acknowledge with confidence so it's not something it's not something being um 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 should i say influenced upon me for me to digest and live it. No, this is me who discovered this and I now live it. I have had religion play a very, very, very intense, discomforting role in my life all through. Up until now, as we speak, and has cost me a whole lot. And when I take a look at the world uh, in general, I see how clumsy deep the world has fallen into that realm and caused itself so much havoc and pain and because mm -hmm. of this is why if you take a look around you you see a whole lot of things going wrong people are living with themselves the way they should and of which if you stand on the other side to look at them within their fracas or their misunderstandings or whatever's going on with them it's a big joke like you, you can't really get the hang of why are they really having this? Because it's actually like one people. Okay, take for example, if you come to um, the eastern lands or the western lands, or even the northern lands of Nigeria. I'm, uh, let, let me let me use this um, region for an example. You find out that in the west, there's this type of um, um, difference, like a kind of separation in between, you know, they, 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 they know they are Westerners, they are Yorubas, 
but you see some person will say something about like Ibadan, if if you know where Ibadan is, or Ogun State, Ogun, or Ekiti, you know, they, they find this type of difference in between which they use to, you know, separate themselves. But it's one Yoruba family. The same thing with the East, the same thing with the North. Now, when you come down to religion, it's so sad to say, but whoever hears this cannot deny what I'm about to say, which is the truth and nothing but the truth. Even in the North, they don't regard the Yoruba Muslims as concrete, like, like they don't regard them as Muslims. Then now let's look at the Christian side. Let's, the Igbos, they all have something similar to going on. But let's look at the Christian um, side of it. The Catholic person who's, uh, someone who attends the Catholic um, program, the church, the mass or whatever on a Sunday, has a problem with attending what you call the Celestial Church of Christ here in Nigeria, who wear the white garment. If you tell him, oh, come over, come worship me, he has a problem with that. Like, no, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do But I thought you all are running with the same, you know, the same um, Jesus identity, the same God identity and all that type of stuff, right? You're, you're on mute. It's like you're on mute. It's like you're on mute. I can't hear you. Yeah, I said let's let's dive into that because literally you have people who feel like I cannot worship with Mary, parent with you unless you have the banner of Jesus or whatever the identity is. They really feel like that's a divine expression. <laughs> okay, so so if you if you if you, if you like from where you're coming from now with that small example mm-hmm. that's even that's even a bit um you can accommodate that to a degree but this i'm talking about is they are all christians but yet find a difference in between them and thereby they separate themselves mm-hmm. there's no, no balance and as far as i'm concerned love is about peace harmony and balance mm-hmm. that's what love is and when love is present, it is actually the force that brings everybody together. Yes, That's this, is what creates peace. this is what creates the harmony. This is what creates the balance. You so know, I want like, to ask like, you a question. Okay. How do we get to a point that people value the separation more than the union? Is it because of pain? Is it because of trauma? Like, how do we get to this point where I'd rather be able to say I'm different than you versus saying well, I can't find the spaces where we can become one? Um, you see, people hate what they don't understand and fear what they can't conquer. The other way, too, is people fear what they can't conquer and hate what they don't understand. Most times when there's a situation where you see a little bit of difference, instead of you accommodating the fact that, oh, this difference could be beautiful, so let me discover the beauty in the difference. You see, when that happens, most people who are, well, I would say, spiritually weak, yeah, tend to rebel against anything different, which is mm-hmm. why I said they feel can understand and hate what they can conquer 
they tend to rebel because it creates this type of um, emotional discomfort on the inside that, oh, this doesn't tally with what I consider as proper. Or this doesn't blend in what I believe should be. But you see, when you, when you, when you probably have a stronger level of consciousness and a stronger spiritual balance, you don't see difference. What you see is the beauty and you see the adventure of discovering another perception or another um, um, energetic flow of love. Because everybody's expressing their own flow of love. We're all sparks of the divine light, the divine source. We're expressing in our own unique ways. Some of us are not as strong to deviate, to go our separate ways, to say, look, we want to discover our, my, like I want to discover my own expression of divine love. Some of us are not that strong. I'm not that courageous because mm-hmm. the world might probably castigate you, might kick against you, might you know, say a couple of stuff might not um, sync well with you as a person. I might obstruct your own peace and balance. Mm-hmm. You know what? Are strong. Like for me, I went against all odds. I, 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 I just went against all odds and I stepped out and I went to discover my own. Now, I tried to say something earlier before you asked the question. If you take a very good look at a dog or a pussycat, any animal, a goat, sheep, whatever it is, you pick up that little creature from when it's a baby, an infant, whatever you may call it, at, at least the biological term. When you pick them up, they don't understand English. They don't understand your language. They don't understand, you know, most of what you do as a human being, but you do perceive and can understand the energy of love and the energy of hate, the energy of danger, the energy of comfort, energy of peace. They understand these languages. These are the true spiritual languages, you know, not your English, not your German, not your um, um, Igbo, not your Yoruba. These are the true languages whereby when people are actually blind, deaf, and dumb, they understand each other without speaking. So you pick up a puppy dog, you treat it with love, care, you know, adore it, you pat, you pet it and all that stuff. This animal understands what you're passing. It, it doesn't, it won't choose to bite you or to attack you. Mm-hmm. Because it's a flow of energy that it's, it's able to sink into it and if it expresses its own to you, you, it sinks into you. That's why you see some people when the when the puppy comes and it tries to uh, lick on the face or lick on the hands, they they get this shiver, they get mm-hmm. this shivering feeling. That's an intense feeling of love and harmony. That's the shiver. That's why when you listen to some um, R and B music, some kind of intense music vibrational music you know it gives you the shivers you know it, it, it sinks in this is a generally acceptable energy that flows all around so you as a human being taking up your earthly cultures traditions such as religion 
tribe, you know, your origin, states of origin. You see some forms to say, what's your state of origin? What's your tribal? What's your language? All those things are, you know, man-made traditions. You you pick that up and you run with that and you allow that lead, lead you. Guess what? You're going to have a strong conflict with the rest of the world. Why? Because you've already adopted upon yourself a crown of difference. You've mm. accepted difference and your guide. So anything that may sync well with you, you know, you might reduce or restrict your flow of love, which is a flow of divine energy, you know, that either strengthens, heals, suits, and all that. So for me, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I, I will say that again, I don't and I won't. Accommodate religion as a as a as a touch light in the dark to guide me through my journey in life. I keep my total shalom, my total peace, which I seek. Because every day you wake up in the morning, you want to do something, you want to say hi to someone. All this is tied to you seeking for peace. That's what we're all seeking for. That's what we're always craving for. But we get little little taste and and um you know little bits of it through so many experiences so you mm -hmm. see someone who probably has a game of poker you know um, finds it people finds it comfortable he wants to do it again tomorrow you see someone has a hug from a next door neighbor you know he wants to hug the person again because you're having a taste of peace so you keep seeking for things like that that could drive that similar energy back to you. So like I said, I'm, I'm not with religion when it comes to um, accommodating divine love and expressing divine love and all that. I feel anyone who, who um, accommodates that and bears that as a crown upon their, their heads limits themselves from through um, true um, what they call it, experience, which we're all here to gain. And the experience for us to gain is to bring us to light on our, this, to bring us to light to our true identities. Yeah. So you do that with restricting you, you know, because your true identity needs as much love as possible to be able to break out of this shell that's covering it now as we speak in this present time or world or era, era for it to come out and reveal its true self for you to now have the peace that you seek. Because the peace that you don't have now is because you don't know who you truly are. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that can give you that enlightenment of who you truly are is for you to keep digesting as much as possible unconditional pure love Therefore, you cannot restrict anything that gives you the opportunity to experience that. Why wouldn't I want to experience the love of a Muslim, the love of a Hindu, the love of a Buddhist, the love of, uh, of an Igbo, Yoruba, or an American, or a British? I would experience all these loves. But at the same time, I will have the right to, you know, to accommodate those which I can because every individual who's expressing their love might fall short so i'm not responsible for their falling short 
but I want to have that experience. Mm -hmm. you know, if you're loving me means you have to whip me in the butt just for me to make a correction, that's your, ex your, your expression of your own type of love. I want to experience that. And if it's not comfortable for me, okay, cool. But <laughs> I do know you love me. That's why you whoop me in the butt. But I just don't want you to whoop me anymore. Right. You know? So it's not like every, every, like you see some people, the expression of love is they don't want to hug you. They don't want to sit close to you. They don't want that mushy, mushy thing, you know. But the expression of love is actually sacrifice where they're ready to ride or die for you. In the case of they're ready to sacrifice their meals so they could see you eat and smile again because the smile that you re release all the time or you express all the time when they see it it energizes them so in return for the sacrifice that they give for you to eat again and smile they get that overwhelming shalom peace you know the harmonial feeling that they get on the inside they get that from you smiling some people will take a, a, a whole lump of their efforts to make you smile because it energizes them for them to be able to get through the day. I know someone who told me that if he doesn't drive past this road and see these kids, he doesn't get the moral energy for him to get through his day so that he could be successful for his own kids that he does not see. Mm. Yeah, like his, 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 he had issues, marital issues. Then wife took the kids away, so he hasn't seen them, you know. But he wants to be a better man. He wants to be successful. So when he sees these little kids on the streets with their mom, who is help helpless, who doesn't have much to do and can't really help them out, you know, he 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 tries to do his own little bit. He drives by. He wishes them well. He smiles. You know, he gives them some kind of energy. Then he goes to work. He gets things done. He wants to be successful because he doesn't want his children. Or his kids on the street like those other kids. So, like I said, Tema, we could go on and on. I know. I, I want to highlight a few key things. You said some profound things, and one of the things I love when we chat, and that I want to capture for my listeners, like I love how you express your journey of getting to the truth you hold today. And a lot of times when I'm speaking with you and I hear you speaking to others, it's the kind of energy of like, let's sit down in this and really pick this apart and look at what it is we're really doing. And I love that about you. So for the people listening who they understand that what I've been taught has created limitations for me in my own life and also in my interactions with others. And they're trying to break out. They're not where you are yet, right? Like they're trying to redefine their truth. They read in books they never read before. They're running into information that they've never heard before. And then spirit drops somebody in their life that they've never met anybody like that person before. And they can't explain why they feel so drawn to, invested, what is this love I want to start exchanging with this person? But you're not a Christian though, or, you know, you don't know how to cook or you don't make the income that I thought I would require to go into this space of intimacy. You know, like how do they get through their own inner resistance to interacting with somebody very different than them? 
Um, so every man his own. I'll start by saying that you are solely responsible for your willingness to experience anything whatsoever you choose to experience. It's your responsibility. No matter how they try to talk to you, preach to you, or you know, um, twist and turn you around, it's your will. You know, so uh, if, if we talk about um, how do we get such people to key in to that flow, it's not really realistic because everyone has to have an appetite, a desire that would actually trigger that for them. It's almost like, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you could actually be think that you have the right words you're telling the person and, you know, you think you put in all that energy to try and get them to understand something. But at the end of the day, it's actually left for them. And everybody who, who people, people know the truth because they are, of, they are sparks of truth. They are sparks of divine love. They are sparks of the divine life. We all are children of truth. This is why when we do wrong things, we feel it. We know. But, you know, we, we just don't know how to stay in place. We're still like kids, you know, we're going from left to right, swinging. We're not balanced, you know. But I know that anyone who, who uh, like the little that we said now, if they listen, their inner tells them, reveals mm -hmm. them, there's a feeling. They know that it's there. But it's left for them to accommodate it and to feed it. It's like a baby. You drop it at your doorstep. You either take it in or you leave it outdoor. But guess what? If you leave it outside, you live with the memory, with the, 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 the emotional torture, which makes you always flash back to say i don't know why i left that kid out there i don't know what happened to that baby maybe someone stole the baby you know stuff like that things yeah. will run through you and will discomfort you for a long time so it's like living a living hell for you. you you keep you keep going through that torture you know but um like i said it's it's really a tough thing that's why i said seek and you would find mm -hmm. so you it's not, it's not for us to influence you. I don't owe nobody any responsibility that's like for me to try and convince them to yeah, understand yeah. my right. It's not my responsibility. It's for you. That's up to you. It's not up to me. You know? But the only thing we could do is, which brings me to the proper answer, which I should give to that, is the only thing we could do is live our own truth and express our own truth and have them witness it. And if when they witness it, you know, they could perceive what it brings to you that makes you smile and brings your own peace and harmony and balance and want to taste or have a test run of that. And when they do test and experience it, they may decide to adopt it. Mm -hmm. 
So you can't just tell someone, go home and go have beans for dinner. Go home and have vegetables. No, have some yams or vegetables by yourself and watch the person as the person admires what you're eating. And what's that? Okay, it's yam and vegetables. Care to try some? You say, okay. You give the person some and the person, oh, that's nice. How do you make that? Oh, probably finish up your own plate and the next thing wants to learn. And you say, okay, I could teach you. You know, it's a, it's a willing, it's, the person is willing to discover. Then you have the right to now open up, guide the person through and let the person now flow um, with divine spirit. You know, divine spirit to do the rest of the job. It's really not you. You know, yeah. but even as I speak, that's why I told you that I, I needed to breathe in and breathe out. Why? Because I didn't want to speak of my, that's from, from me. Like, I didn't want it to be like me just speaking. I needed a situation where, look, I acknowledge the fact that I'm being asked a question that needs to deliver truth and people need to tell me that I don't want to do this by myself. Divine spirit, whatever needs to come out, let it come out and you be the leader of things. So you might ask me next tomorrow, everything I said here, I, do, I won't even remember nothing. And that, <laughs> happens to that happens to me too. It's like you're just a clear channel and you're just allowing yourself to be used by spirit in that moment. So there's a few things that you said that I want to um, highlight and I want to respond to because I do think what becomes problematic for people who are trying to break out of certain patterns and ideologies is when what you believe makes you evangelical. So like now when you're interacting with people, the mission is to convert them to your truth. And that's never going to work because love brings freedom. So mm. if, if the two of you are the same, one is not needed. So the real mastery comes into play when we're able to be curious or like you said earlier, adventurous about, oh my goodness, you are love, I am love, even if we speak different languages, even if we pray different, even if I'm lighting candles and you just walking through the earth barefoot. I'm curious about how to be open and available, even when it doesn't look like what I'm familiar with. Yeah. And I think in those spaces, that's where we see magic because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about them old couples that you laughed at. You're like, how'd they get together? Because they're so different in their personalities. But you can see the love. You can see the joy. I think we have gotten the assignment wrong when we spend too much time in dogma and indoctrination and in religion. And even on some level, these cultural traditions, you know, I think the assignment of being human is to really discover the omnipresence of God and just how diverse God is. There, there could be only one type of bird, but we got hundreds and thousands of types of birds for a reason. And flowers, like nature tells us that things are supposed to be different. Yeah. You know, and you know, I like, need to learn how to be different in relationships and it'd be okay. Uh, the, we are all expressions of, like I said, of the divine, of the divine source itself. We're all expressing one bit or the other. That's why when you have kids, for example, they tap into your genes. 
to tap into the gene of your great grandmother, great grandfather, you know, stuff like that. And you see someone like back in Africa, they believe, in fact, the traditional um, practitioners and those who uphold traditions and cultures, they, they actually know and believe in reincarnation. That's why you hear things like the name Babatunde, you know, like, you know, like you hear, um, what's the other name? I've forgotten the other name. But anyway, they believe in that. So when, give me a minute, sorry. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, back to what I'm doing. I just had a kind of flash in my head. Very, very bright flash in my head. I wish I could express it, but I can't. Anyway, um, so like, what were we saying? What were we saying? What were we saying a while ago? No, you were just giving an example of how you know they have Baba Tunde, and you know. People like I can have to believe in that they know about that, you know, and you know, some some people don't believe in that, you know, a whole lot of people don't believe in reincarnation, you know, and it's not it's not mandatory that people do believe in such things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember some time ago, you, you, we I think you expressed your own understanding about such things connection karma and all that type of stuff and i even told you that for me karma is not really what it is it's actually cause and effect it's just an expression of the original thing which is cause and effect and in every every experience under cause and effect is actually a gift yeah favorable gift whether it hurts whether it's comfort whether it's comfort whether it you know it whatever it does it's all a favorable experience for you yeah and it's all energy it's all energy yeah so when you now understand how it works you know you now tend to um, appreciate every experience that comes out every experience that comes your way Mm -hmm. you don't see the word negative no longer exists with you the word karma itself the perception of the karma now changes. So, because most people, when they hear karma, most of them lean on the negative. But when they hear nemesis, they lean totally on the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, but karma brings you both ways. But cause and effect on its own is both like both ways on an equal balance. Like you just have an experience, you know, okay, maybe it's because of this or maybe because of that, and you accept it. And you're peaceful at it, with it. Um, I want to say something earlier, and I don't want to forget it. You see, for those who call themselves Christians, let let's be very honest. For those who call themselves Christians, the Messiah didn't come to give religion. That wasn't what he came to give. That wasn't what he came to reveal or express or expose. He came to expose and reveal the true secret, which is love 
and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. so for, you to, for you to have to expose love, most times it takes a very great sacrifice. You know, sometimes it takes a sacrifice that costs you a lot. Mm -hmm. Because most people won't understand your love language. So because they don't understand your love language, they perceive, perceive something totally different and they react, you know, wrongly towards you. And it costs you a lot. Could cost you your life. Mm -hmm. Your life. You probably know the truth that this person didn't do this thing, but you're dealing with a multitude of people who are about to murder that person for that thing. And you know the truth. You, are there. you witnessed it, but you don't have physical proof, which is the earthly process, which is expected. Okay, what's your earthly proof? What proof do you have that this person didn't do this? Well, you saw it. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody's able to open up your head and say, okay, let's see what he saw. No, no, but you saw it. And you're still telling them, look, this person didn't do this. This is truth. You are standing for truth. And for the love of truth, you're making a great sacrifice which could cost you your own life. And at the end, you go down for it as well as the person who did that. Mm -hmm. But this you have to do. In the name of belief, what you choose to believe, what you choose to align with. Which, which is a very good example that the Messiah did. He, when he came, he exposed these secrets and power. Mm -hmm. Love, love and sacrifice love and sacrifice that's that's really the main thing he delivered it wasn't religion religion is separation you see it for yourself we have the proof all around us religion has separated the entire world culture tradition color anything that brings about a difference as far as i'm concerned within my own realm of gnosis of understanding knowledge anything that brings about a difference to me I don't want to function with it. I don't want to accommodate it. If there's anything that tries so, to create so what you're saying is so important because every major religion that we have where we uphold like Yeshua, mm -hmm. you know, Buddha and all these people, but when they were here walking the earth, they wasn't trying to be the face of God. You know, like that was not what the campaign was, like you said. And so who are, what are we campaigning for? What is the person who's listening right now campaigning for when you make that passive aggressive comment to your man saying, oh, you didn't meditate and pray today? What is your campaign? Why don't we value freedom and letting things be and letting people be as much as we value proving that we're right you know i think mm. that that energy of i need to be right smothers and suffocates love because love should set you free and love cannot be contained so i mean there's a real practical application because you know tj we can be real deep i don't want to lose my listeners who are trying to understand how to apply what we're talking about the reality is here's some practical skills on how to uh, allow somebody to be who they are in your own energy. If they do things that are different from you and you start feeling the impulse to comment on it, try to change it, try to school them on it, <laughs> just let them be. 
Because you can only give other people the level of acceptance you've given yourself. So on some level, religion is so valuable because it gives you an escape from having to do the necessary work to define your own godhood. But the day that you discover that you are divine, now it's no longer about trying to serve the great God outside of you. It's now about embodying the great God that is within you. You know, so one of the best things my spiritual father used to say to me when I was, this was years ago when I was going through my divorce and I didn't know what to do and I was moving in force instead of power. The best advice he gave me was, if you want to know what is for you, let it go, surrender it and just leave him alone. Focus on embodying your own divine nature. And you will find that that will clear things and clarify things. And I did just that. And it was the best advice for me at that time. Leave people alone. There is a woman listening right now trying to make her man, some or her lover do something. Will you leave him alone? You don't need him to pray like you pray. Sing like you sing. Shout like you shout. You know, think like you think about politics. Like, come on. Wouldn't life be boring? Let, we, let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in here with something uh, real quick. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not mocking anyone, but I'm just simply speaking my truth based on the experiences. How do you get down on your knees and you're trying to pray to um, not like let's let's look at it this way. You're you're, you're praying to change someone's position of what they consider their own peace and balance just because you feel that yours is more peaceful and balanced than theirs so you're now praying to a divine one (laughs) of his divine love which is existing and trying to express itself in another form Mm -hmm. you want to convert that to your form and you want the whole entire people around you to be converted to your own form of expression you see, it, it won't even be exciting if all of us were just walking the same parts 100%. Yeah, we need contrast. Earth is about polarity. Yeah, you, would, you, would, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have a pro- proper understanding of what peace, love, and balance really is if everything was just straight line. Mm-hmm. My father was saying something, and I think I mentioned that some time ago when we had talked. Harmony is better than being right. Yes, it is. Preach, preacher. How many better than being right? And, you know, it takes a lot for you to understand that how many is better than being right. Because sometimes, you know, you have to deal with your emotion, getting that out of the way to allow that supreme golden understanding, gnosis, knowledge to kick in to say, yeah, once again, acknowledge how many. How many is better than being right? You walk away from someone who's trying to put you to a fist fight and you know you could probably beat the person to a pulp, but you know, you just don't want to see the person hurt. You don't want to see the person go to the hospital. You don't want to see the person end up not going to see their babies at home, stuff like that. You just let harmony rain. Let let it just flow and let the person have another opportunity to attain the level of gnosis, the knowledge that you now have. 
which is also understanding that harmony is better than being right. Like, I don't need to fight or, or, or put this brother up to a, a stick-up fight and, you know, at the end of the day, probably lose my life or he lose his own life. We both now have this understanding that now the play, our existence within whatever space we're in becomes more peaceful for both of us. Because now when I see him and I step on his toes, oh, I'm sorry, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know, we both have this understanding that he's apologized, I'm going to accept his apology because he's doing that honestly from the inside out. And yeah. I'm going to walk with him without wanting to stress it. Yeah. And when you talked about existing, I heard something clear in my spirit that I want to say really quickly. There's a difference between existing in my world on my terms versus we have mastered how to coexist, right? Mm -hmm. And people scapegoat being in relationship with someone. I'm giving you all this love. So I somehow on some subconscious level have earned the right to dictate mm. with, you, with your life and with mm. yourself. But I don't know if you remember, TJ, one of the first conversations we had in our friendship was about how love should not possess you. If you got to possess me and own me to love me, it's not love anymore. No, that's not love. Yeah, that's not love. It should bring freedom. So... We got to learn how to coexist. We got to learn how to be different and it be okay and still be able to preserve intimacy. People want to put so much distance between them and people that they can't find themselves in, you know? But the thing that intrigues me is when I made the decision to be open to people very different from me, who think different, maybe dress different, eat different, et cetera. I was able to find pieces of me that I had not yet recognized. Mm, yeah. You know, we need we need contrast. We would not appreciate fear. I mean, courage without fear. We wouldn't appreciate yeah. the rainbow without the rain, right? Like, it's no yeah. different in relationships. Yeah, I began to appreciate, you know, when I started dating African men and I found out about stew. I didn't know nothing about stew and yam and all that. I was like, man, I'm missing out on life. You know, <laughs> like, this is incredible. Yeah. So there are things that you can discover. I want to just say that for my listeners that there are rewards for being open and learning how to relax into experiences that challenge your growth. You know, and those rewards will come if you'll just trust the process. If you came a um a quick one, huh? Yeah. Uh, through my experience, I'll confirm that this is true. Anyone who seems to express a kind of um how will I say express See, anything that triggers you into a position where you want to put up a barrier, you know, like anything that probably tries to encourage you into position or whatever to create a barrier where you say, no, I don't want this coming in, has actually triggered a fear mode, Mm -hmm. which is why the barrier in the first place. Yep. A fear mode. So, 
if you didn't accommodate, didn't welcome in, because we need to understand this. This is very, very important. You are responsible for whatever you allow. You allowed it to begin with. You allow into your space. You are responsible for that. The cause and effect from you allowing that will take mm-hmm. place. You have to be consequent. But you are also responsible and able to make a change if you want to. Mm-hmm. So I could accept a monkey into my space and scatters up my whole room and everything, and I could decide not to accept it. I could put it out. But it's my choice, my decision, my responsibility, my will. But the tricky issue with that is with you being responsible for accepting, allowing, and all that stuff is most of us don't have a proper understanding of how to implement our accept and allow power. Yes. Yes. You know, we don't know surrender. how to... Implement. That requires surrender and trust. Most people have learning curves with surrender and trust. Because people, people learn to, to secure themselves and make themselves feel safe through control. So now they're obsessing about controlling every detail, every step of the process, you know, because that's their survival mechanism. Yeah. And and if you you don't know how to implement your acceptance and allowance power, you know, you don't know how to implement. You could also accept and allow the wrong things, right? as much as you could accept and allow the right things, right? So you need to really have a kind of level of consciousness for you to now know how to make use of those powers mm. and implement those powers to serve the divine purpose, which is peace, love, and balance. Peace, love, harmony, balance, if you want to make that floor. You know? So... Um, I, I I see I see a lot of us restrict ourselves. We set up these walls. We are the ones you hear someone say, "Ah, I don't I, I don't want to try um, fufu, or I don't want to try bacon and eggs. I don't want to try." That's your choice, but you might be missing out on a whole lot, just like you just said a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be missing out on a whole lot. You never tried it. You say, oh, the kitchen, I heard the kitchen is hot. The kitchen is hot. If it's too hot, um, if, if you can't stand the heat in the kitchen, um, you know, if, if you can't, how do they say it? If you if can't, you can't um, the uh, heat, get out the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Get out the kitchen, you know. But you've heard people say, oh, um, the kitchen is hot. The kitchen is hot. You haven't been into the kitchen to know if you can handle the heat. You haven't tried. <laughs> you know, you haven't tried. So yeah. we yeah. put barriers around ourselves and limit ourselves and limit our experiences, which give us more understanding of love and how it flows. So when you have all these barriers, walls set up, it blocks you from experiencing divine love and its flow. So like I said, to me, religion puts up the barrier because one religion is telling you, you won't go to hell, heaven if you don't 
um, stay on this side. And this other one is saying, if you don't do this, you're not going to see eternity. And this other one is saying, if you don't, you know, stuff like that, it's unnecessary, to me, unnecessary barriers. Why can't you know what, I people just... get so caught up in proving that they have the truth, that they don't learn Man. how to be the truth? Like, and I, you know, you know, you know for a fact, you know for a fact, we both were victims of that. Yes. So it's not like it's not like anyone listening to us now shouldn't assume that we're hypocrites. No, we're not. We, this is the truth. We all went through that yes. one way or the other, but somehow we were we were curious, highly curious. We began <laughs> to feed our consciousness and began to explore and expose ourselves mm-hmm. to say, look, we know more than what we're seeing here because this doesn't really click 100%. And the moment we did that, we began to open up ourselves. We began to see things differently. The things we didn't see before, we now see. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who are going through what we also went through because I know when I was very much a Christian, you know, I, I, I did a whole lot of things Christians do. Yeah, I did a whole lot of things Christians do. And I, I tried some other religious practices and I did a whole lot of things that they do too. But mm-hmm. <laughs> West is the most peaceful position I could ever find. Like I tell people on the regular, I don't practice religion. I don't. I don't because I see what it does. It creates yeah. a strong barrier. I don't need it in my life. And I've been able to you know, use examples of animals and us to attain that fact that, look, if the divine one flows through all of us, including all living things, and they can relate and harmonize with us, uh, you know, if I pour love to them, they pour love to me in return. That means, what do I really need religion for to experience love? I don't need religion. What I need is proper understanding not really religion, just understanding of the fact that love is freedom. Love is expression. Love is experience. Willingness to experience. You have to be willing to experience another person's love language. We all have love languages. It's not yeah. English. It's not French. It's not Portuguese. It's, it's, it's a personal language. It's never the same. The way I would love you, the way I would love your neighbor will all be different. We'll all be different from the way you do yours. You can't come up and say, oh, I, uh, maybe to someone who just stepped out of a love yeah. language experience with another person, and maybe the person is going through a heartbreak or de- uh, depression, and you just say, don't, don't worry, I'm going to love you the same way the person loves No, it's not going to be possible because your love language is totally different. <laughs> you you're, not, you're, you're not that person. How could you? And and your own ways of loving, like I said, your love language will be different. Some people's love language is a slap to your face. Sorry to say. (laughs) I know that's violence, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's some people's love language. Do you know how many weird people, well, we call them weird because we think they're weird, actually want you to, 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 to pinch them just to get their attention. If you don't pinch me, I don't think you've gotten my attention yet. 
You know, if you don't pinch me. Oh, oh I was watching one of those videos, the guy, one video online the other day. The guy was standing by a car and, mm-hmm. you know, it was canceled the audio. But I could read his lips. He was like, smack me. Smack me. Like, smack me in the face. She smacked him. He was like, ooh. She smacked him again. It was outside. Then the next thing, he started, well, he started kissing her. And they started um, cuddling. You know, that's their love language. But that's not mine. Don't Listen. smack me. Listen, I got some <laughs> listeners right now that's like, I like a little bit of uh, smacking and choking, just a little bit. So we ain't, we ain't judging you, but it, it's real. Everybody has their own thing. Don't dare choke me. Don't dare smack me. Because my love language might be, hell no, kick you out of the house or kick you out of the room. Or <laughs> you said don't smack me, don't choke me, don't pinch me. <laughs> so you end up finding out what my love language is too. I've, I just discovered your love language is to smack, smack me in the face. Um, okay, no problem. After that, you give me some kisses, but I'm sorry I kick you out. It's part of my own love language. So <laughs> you have to appreciate my love language while I appreciated yours. You know, um, that's how it is. No, yeah. but I, I love what you're saying because I want to say this. I want to be really intentional about this statement. And I invite all of you listening to journal and reflect on this. Um, you can literally sabotage your deeper connections with people trying to uphold belief that you can't even live anymore you know so you gotta really look at this if you're in a relationship or you're dating and you're trying to connect with somebody that's different from you like make it an adventure make it fun start figuring out what communication skills do i need to improve what listening skills some of us are terrible listeners we're like forming our responses before we even heard theirs perspective. You know, like this is the opportunity to become masterful, to stop following the masters that your religion and culture gave you and become a master in your own life and creating the outcomes that you want. And so, you know, I really want people to feel that vibration because at the end of every day, like you're saying, your truth is your own. What does it for you, TJ? could be very different from what does it for me, but that doesn't mean that we're automatically incompatible, right? That just means, oh, we get to figure out how to negotiate, how to resolve conflict, how to, you know, see the ugliest parts of someone and still let the love flow, right? Like that's the adventure. That's what makes love risky. Yes. But that's also what makes it conquer everything. The fact that mm. love can reach depths that fear cannot. You know, so I really just want our listeners to really take all of this in. Um, deep bow to you. I appreciate you bringing your wisdom and your energy um, and allowing my listeners to hear the types of conversations that we have all the time um, that grows our soul and our purpose and destiny. So is there anything else, you know, you feel like you want to say before we begin to wrap up? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If if as an individual, you are trying to, you feel that you are expressing love to whatever, whoever, and there is no balance in between like harmony in between. 
you need to check check your love language being expressed or your pattern of expression of love mm. because you're expressing love but you're not expressing love you're expressing either dominance control possession so you you feel oh but i love you you know but i love you but your love is not giving me space to breathe it's choking your love is not giving me freedom to express mine it's not giving me a peace of mind it's giving me nightmares at night when i sleep this isn't love because love is supposed to be like i said peaceful contain harmony in there and balance at the end you know it's balanced so if you are a human being expressing your own love you know you need to understand if there is no harmony in there at the end of your expression you either you know what withdraw We'll practice a new love language and expression to fit for that individual or person. Because, for example, not everybody is going to accept your love language them through the post to say, oh, I miss you. I thought about you yesterday. Some people will say, no, I wish to hear your voice. Don't write to me. This is what, you know, you know that's, that's what they want, but you see, you might not also be able to give it mm -hmm. because maybe you're also writing your letter. So, you see, it takes two higher, in, not just intellectuals, two higher conscious beings to fully understand the notion what love really is for them to achieve these things, peace, balance in between you know because if you write me a letter i will appreciate your letter because that's your own effort you're throwing in that's the best way you can do it because a dog is not going to have you lick your body or come pick out his ticks on his body with your teeth no but just rubbing his head and using your fingers to try and prick it out it understands that you're trying to look out for it mm -hmm. that's your own but it would never be the same the way it would do it to a fellow dog. So we need to understand that when we put our love language, we should always be cautious of if it creates a balance. And if it doesn't, we should check what kind of love language or pattern are we putting out and who are we dealing with in this experience of trying to put that love out there. Because most people that we are trying to express love to are not on the same level ready your expression of love it's too heavy for them it's too technical they don't understand it so you either sometimes need to what let go you don't need to push it and you don't need to hate them for not understanding your love language or pattern instead you need to now understand truthfully that okay this doesn't work for this person and i can't force it i just need to let it be so that's that's where you see a lot of people that get it wrong where they try to possess control. Mm -hmm. Their their expressions of love. 
actually just gone astray with that because that's no longer correct. Love is not possessive. It's not controlling. You know, it doesn't strangle someone to a point where the person must accept it. No, love is actually just, I give it to you freely. You accept it freely. And we live freely. Simple. Yeah. Me that trans to I'm present. I'm here. I'm available. And that's enough. That's all. Yeah. Oh, man, that was good. Everybody take a deep breath that's listening. I feel like that was really, really potent. And I hope you feel like it was some food for your soul. Um, TJ, as you heard in his bio, is one of the few men that I know that has the capacity to be so gifted and do so much in his world. I mean, he he's an entertainer. He's a writer. He's a, a very powerful man doing a lot of powerful things in the community. And even though this wasn't in your bio, I want my listeners to know that you genuinely have a passion for people. He's the one that wants to make sure that we can eat well and have great nutrition and health and resources. He's a mover um, in his world. And I want you to be able to stay connected to the things that he has going on. So you can connect with him through social media. His IG handle is at H-R-H-O-F-U-O-N-U. And you can also find him on Facebook under... (laughs) O F U O N U. Were you laughing at me, TJ? Was that you laughing in the background? No, why did you laugh? You laugh. That was my fancy title. Oh, four new. But I got it right. I got it right. We tease each other anyway because I feel like I'm African in my spirit, but my language is very Mississippian. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> I, I may not be able to talk African, but my juju, okay, is. All right, let's be <laughs> So I'm, I'm grateful. We got one more episode uh, coming in this series. And for all of you who have feedback, I have been getting your voice notes on the podcast and your feedback. Thank you. And make sure you join our sacred virtual space on Facebook called Let the Womb Be Heard. Tag me and be like, oh, I just listened to that episode with you and TJ. And this is what my ahas were. I will share that information with him. It'll bless him. Because he takes interest in making sure what he said added value. Um, so pop into the group if you're not a member of Let the Womb Be Heard and share your feedback about this episode. And then start prepping yourself for the next one. I got one more powerful brother that's going to help us close out February and our series on Love is Easy. And my final words to each of you is, if there is a belief, that is keeping you in fear, abandon it and choose a better one that will help you feel free. Namaste. The God in me enjoys communing with the gods that are in you. And I can't wait to meet you in the next episode. Take care. So before I forget, 
we have a feature with our podcast where you can respond to the conversation with a voice message. All you have to do to be included in the dialogue is go to anchor.fm forward slash heal everything forward slash message. It'll pick up your microphone and you can record your response to any of our podcast episodes. So go ahead and enjoy this upcoming episode. Tune in, take your notes. And when it's all said and done, you are welcome to send a voice message so we can hear your reaction to it. I love you.